0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: Roots and Shoots with Sabrina Sabrina Hahn and and Christine Layton on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Yes, it's good to be with you. Sabrina Hahn is actually in Kalgoorlie at the moment uh, and we're just in the process of connecting to her in the studios uh, in Kalgoorlie. She's there for a special event uh, and she's on the line now. Hello, Sabrina. Well,
0: hello. Oh, this is so
1: strange. I know, it's weird, isn't it?
0: But, you know, I do this quite a bit. I tend to float around (laughs) Western Australia, pop into any studio that has ABC written on it and and have a chat from afar, Christine. You're you're
1: like a seed. Yeah. (laughs) You just plant yourself where it's nice and moist and you stay there for a little while. And I respect that. That is totally fun. Well, it's certainly a bit
0: moist in Kalgoorlie. Uh, Yesterday afternoon it... It got very moist in yeah. fact How, yeah
1: uh, what kind of conditions are, are there at the moment
0: Uh, Well, it's overcast and uh, drizzling, I would call it, rather than pouring with rain. Skies Mm. are great. Ripper storm last night. Yeah, really. I'm following storms. I was in Albany when they had that massive storm and now I've come to Kalgoorlie and there's another big storm. It's just, it's fantastic.
1: Well, just don't go up to the Pilbara and our friends from ABC (laughs) Northwest are listening right now and we're thinking of you all uh, with severe tropical cyclone. Veronica heading your way tonight. Uh, There will be emergency broadcast up updates uh throughout the program for those of you who need it as well there's still a yellow alert in place so it's going to be interesting to see what happens when that makes landfall of course an 11 meter storm surge expected so we are thinking of you guys particularly in port headland but uh Let's go and get on to some gardening. Well, let's do Let's do it. Uh, 1300 triple two seven twenty. 1300 triple two seven twenty. If you have a question to ask Sabrina, and the text line is 0437 9 double two seven twenty. Uh, now, hi Sabrina, this is Stephanie from Bustleton on, on the text line. My three Gravilliers that have been in the ground about eight months have yellow leaves. They do have some flowers. I have given them two doses of chelate of iron. uh, Yeah, yeah. To no effect. They have morning sun. What is the plan, please?
0: Uh, Okay, so some grevilleas are quite soil specific and they don't like, some grevilleas do not like alkaline soil. Even though you've given them iron chelates, you actually have to add other stuff so that the, so the iron chelates is available to the plant. Uh, plant. So what I would recommend is you get uh, the full suite of trace elements because you'll need calcium as a carrier for some of that stuff. So um, I would get all of the trace elements, mix it up in a, with water and then apply it to the leaves because that's taken in so much better. So you'll get iron, manganese, magnesium, calcium, that that suite of uh, minerals and
1: the plant will absorb it through the leaf tissue. Very good. Um, I'm chuckling at this one here, Sabrina. Poor Donna in Doubleview has been texting in for the last three weeks. She's finally front of the line and you can't see the picture on the text line. But I'm going to do my best to describe it to you. Uh, She said, how do I repot the unhappy lemon tree and make it happy again? Should I add anything other than potting mix or prune it back? Should I use the same pot? Now, the photo that she sent, in a beautiful blue ceramic pot with pebbles at the base and uh, there's some new... Shoots and mm. new leaves towards the top, but there's a lot of naked branches. Oh. Yeah. Well you don't want we don't want any of that
0: naked kind of carry-on with our plants. Mm. So now the big thing about having citrus in pots is you must have excellent drainage. So if the pot is on the ground, it won't be draining properly, so it needs to be put on little feet up mm. off the ground. If she's got stones in at the bottom of the pot, that's really good because that adds to the drainage. With fruit trees you need something a bit more than just potting mix so you need to mix in slow release fertilizer and also a bit of compost right and then uh, a good fertilizer put on top a wetting agent and the big thing is to make sure that the water is flowing out of the bottom of the pot right so she can prune it back a bit especially the twiggy deady looking stick Bits and um, repot it. Get some fresh potting mix, a bit of compost, slow-release fertilizer, and off you run. And
1: give it some new shoes. It is sitting plush yes. with the ground, so ah, yes, yes. needs a pair of little boots at the bottom. <laughs> that's right. All right, let's go to Cheryl from Capel. Good morning, Cheryl.
0: Good morning. How are you?
1: Really good. good. Oh, that's good.
0: Um, Sabrina, I've been digging huge holes, filling them with compost and you name it, everything. Um, And now I'm putting forest mulch on the top of the planting. And I've heard about nitrogen drawdown. Yeah. Some people say it's a myth. Some people say it's not. No, it's it's definitely not a myth. It is. It's a real thing. So what do I do? I've been throwing pelletized chook poo on. Yep, that'll do. That's all you need to do. Because um, nitrogen drawdown happens because if you've got, look, if your mulch has is made up of leaves and the fruit of the trees, not just bark, then you've got a, a combination of carbon and nitrogen. But what happens if it's just bark, it's nearly all carbon and it'll pull the nitrogen from the soil to start breaking down. So it is a real thing. Um, but putting nitrogen on in the form of, you know, pelletised chicken poo, uh, that's all you need to do because that's its source of nitrogen. Good. That's what I thought, but I thought I'd check in case I was killing
1: everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Cheryl. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thanks, Cheryl. 1300 222 720. John is in Kingsley. Good morning, John.
0: Yes, top of the morning, ladies. Uh, A question from my wife. We have very few bees that are attracted to the rear of our villa. We're in a community village. Mm -hmm. And she's got a passion fruit growing there. The flowers are coming on. Are there male and female flowers? No. No, the the passion fruit flower has everything. It has all the male and the female bits of the flower. Mm. Okay, so pollinating, Uh, Dawn's been grabbing some flowers from the front and rubbing some flowers other flowers onto the yep passion fruit flowers is yep. that the best way to do it or should we just well no i wouldn't do that because when you pull the passion fruit flowers off you're pulling off the fruit I'm off. so no, what you're not pulling them off oh I'm, I'm what she's getting a a flower from the front a garden a, a daisy or something similar oh, um, i see no that's not going to work John. So, what you need to do is you need to just go and get a little small paintbrush and you paint with the brush, you just go from flower to flower to flower. Okay. Um, and, and but only passion fruit flowers. Pollen is an extraordinary thing. It's like, you know, when you see in sci-fi movies, spaceships that land into pods. So it's sort of... <laughs> I know I that sounds... I got it, I got it. I know that sounds bizarre. <laughs> but um, so pollen has a specific shape and it cross-pollination happens when that... It's like a jigsaw puzzle. The shape fits the hole it's meant to go into so yep. you can't take f- pollen from a different flower different species um to pollinate another flower no it'll case. just go i don't know what the hell that is get it that is off an me. alien from yeah a, the pods. <laughs> get back to the planet you came from it will yeah, be saying is what you're saying yes yes so just Carina. just Hello, get
1: Carina. it i'm driving oh. but I've oh. the phone oh, i thought i'd just me. done something wrong in the desk <laughs> oh don't tell, tell us
0: Okay, so uh, there are only, when the flowers open, there's only uh, about, uh, not, not even 2% of the flowers that come on actually open to a full, beautiful flower. Ah, oh, so okay. I can't distinguish which ones are the ones that are They're making the, the actual fruit. fruit oh, okay. Very fruit on this plant. Yeah. Now that's been a problem with a lot of passion fruit, and I tend to think that it's had, had got something to do with the climate. Uh, a lot of passion fruit aren't aren't flowering, and then some passion fruit are not actually forming the pollen. So uh, there's not much you can do about that. But keep. I mean, you could. Spray it with uh, get some trace elements and and spray all the foliage because the potassium content might make it uh, flower better and develop the flowers properly. But it has been a problem. And the ants. Yeah, it's yeah, there's a lot of ants. Yeah, so they'll be they'll be collecting the pollen as well. Yeah. Um, we're so <laughs> and I'm not happy about that. And, and the other thing is waratars. Why can we not have waratars in 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 Western Australia, I well, love good, one. yeah, good luck. I tell you what, if you can grow a waratah <laughs> in Perth, you're
1: doing pretty well. Oh, I love a good backseat driver. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, John and Mrs. John. That was fantastic. I honestly thought that I'd press the wrong buttons in the yeah, studio we're... and somehow I'd brought in another phone call. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Let's bring up John from Sorrento. Good morning, John.
0: Hi, Sabrina. John here. As you know, um, how do I keep my tomatoes producing longer? Uh, you build them a little hot house, John. So, no, that's not the option for me, Oh, I'm right. Well, um, now we're going to have a very warm autumn. So, I'm saying to gardeners, keep putting tomatoes in now, because I reckon we've got. We're not going to get cool weather until May, end of May. So, even though the daylight hours are shorter and the nights might be cooler, you could put a little cloche over them at night time. That'll keep okay, them yeah. going, but so I reckon I've, we're going I've to have a long tomato plant. season. And they're just dying off, so is what's the issue with that? Ah, uh, that could be a virus though. that could be a bacterial problem or a virus which tomatoes succumb to eventually. Okay, yeah, because they get uh, sprayed from the retriculation, which is not good for them. Yeah, on the leaves, yeah, yep, yeah. so it's probably
1: uh, good night. Uh, yeah. Put in a new batch, John. Uh, John, thank you for the call. 1300 222 720. Uh, Sabrina, Trina is in Fremantle and she's got a question about her lemon verbena cuttings. Good morning, Mm -hmm. Trina. Oh, hi, ladies. Um, Yeah, I'm at my sister's house and she's got this
0: beautiful lemon verbena and it smells divine. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if I can, like, cut off and, like, will it grow shoots and how do I do it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So you, you want a piece of it? Yes, I want ah, a piece of it. Perfect. <laughs> okay, so lemon verbena grows really easily from cuttings, Trina. Okay. So you just need, take the tip cuttings, Come, you, you only need a cutting that's mm, 15 centimetres long, Um, From the the top, you need three nodes. You buy yourself a propagation mix. Take about 10 cuttings and probably seven of them will take. But they grow really easily
1: from a cutting and it's the best time to do it now. Okay. Thank you very much. That's great. Excellent. Really good. 1300 720. Give us a call. We've got some lines free. And the text line going berserk, of course, Sabrina. Ah. Uh, um, we can't do any of the tell me what plant this is texts, unfortunately. But come back next week, Jared from Mount Lawley. Sabrina, uh, this is from Julie in Kelleberon. I have a 40 year old Morton Bay fig tree that is turning up its toes. It has a oh. brown spot on its leaves. Not really bad. Um, would this be enough to kill it? Is no. there anything we can do? Uh, Morton Bay figs are incredibly hardy. Look, they do get,
0: um, they can get powdery mildew or soot, not powdery mildew, sorry, sooty mould and scale. Um, I would just give it a, um, a fungicide, spray it with a fungicide. I think, uh, look, most Morton Bay figs can take any amount of problems. And they they just grow through it, basically. Uh, And if it's 40 years old, it's it's going to be a huge tree. Mm. So you can't spray it anyway, come to think of it. I would just leave it because the tree will sort itself out.
1: This is a good question and and pertinent to you being in Kalgoorlie. What varieties of blueberries can I grow in Kalgoorlie, Verna says. Do I need more than one type of pollination? Yes,
0: you need two types of blueberries. Now, because Kalgoorlie has the joy... Of frosts in winter, um, you can grow all the really yummy, yummy, yummy cold climate. So you can grow warm climate and cold climate blueberries. Basically, you can just you can plant any kind of blueberry in Kalgoorlie, and it will do really well. Oh. However, you can't leave it out in full sun. In Cal, it's got to be. You'll have to have it where it gets protection from the afternoon sun. So either dappled light or morning sun doesn't matter. If they get frosted, they love it.
1: Oh, interesting. Good mm. question. Uh, Teresa is in South Fremantle. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning. Um,
0: hi gorgeous Sabrina. Hello Teresa. <laughs> How are
1: you? Very well. well you found a bloke kit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got one on offer Teresa? Do you come with solutions not just questions? Uh, no, no. <laughs> no. No, I've given I've
0: given up on that entirely really, it's Teresa. Gorgeous, <laughs> anyway, so just keep going the way you are. Sabrina, I've got a wonderful As you know, I'm in South Fremantle. I've got a wonderful guava tree that's absolutely latent and I go out every morning and there's about a dozen of them on the ground. Oh. Okay, so that can be a mineral deficiency, that it's dropping its fruit. And because South Fremantle is not renowned for its lush, fertile soil, Teresa... I know, Teresa, oh, it's taken me 27 years of building it up and it looks fantastic yeah, at the moment in my yeah. garden, so it's okay. That is wonderful. Yeah. But it will still be a mineral deficiency, Teresa, so... Okay um from flowering it's a good idea with guavas from flowering to actually get a liquid trace element spray and spray the entire bush okay. so um so, I would, I would do that and then get a mineralized fertilizer to put on the ground for it. Right. So, um, that's okay. I'll find that out. Yeah. It's too late this year, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It around, yeah, you? they will. Well, maybe not. I don't know. Look, I'd give it a, a liquid mineral spray if I were you. Right. Okay. I think it's worth it. I'll know what to do next year. Yes. <laughs>
1: yes, indeed, you will. <laughs> Thanks, Teresa. Uh, another Teresa on the text line for Mount Lawley this time, Sabrina. I have a problem with ants through my vegetable garden. Lots of little holes and tunnels everywhere, and I worry that air will get to veggie roots and kill them. Any suggestions, please? Uh, yep. What you need to do is you need
0: to uh, get... Um Liquid, uh, get a, a wetting agent, liquid wetting agent, and then water it in really well. Because what happens is ants will go in dry soil; they they prefer dry soil. But um, if you can, uh, if you can really thoroughly saturate it then the ants will, they'll go somewhere else
1: because they don't like their little trails filling up with water. Oh, that's fair enough as well. Um, mm. All right, William is in Hamilton Hill. Good morning, William.
0: Oh, hi, Sabrina. First hi, time William. Long
1: time. Um,
0: I've got uh, some trees under my carport that I want to transplant down to like the back of my property. And I'm just wondering if you have any tips, like, pre-transplant and post-transplant, like more to do with should I prune them before I transplant them. Do you know... And, um, I've been waiting all summer to do it because I thought... Yeah. Yeah, yeah summer's, you know, summer's not a good better. time to transplant. Do you know what the trees are, William? Oh, uh, yeah, it's foster um, uh, something, Ploster, It's the ones with the light green, small kind of brown leaves on them. Um, they hedge up really well. Petosporium? That's it, that's fine, yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. No, no trouble at all, William. So you will need to prune it off by a third. Have the okay. hole already to put them into. So make sure you've got compost, um, a little bit organic of manure. Fertilizer. Yeah, organic fertiliser, um, wetting agent so the hole's nice and damp. And uh, then it, the sooner you can get them back into the soil, the better. But they transplant really well. Oh, do they? Yeah. And the size of the root bowl depends on the age of the tree as well. Depends right? on how big your muscles are, William. <laughs> <laughs> i got two boys could help out. Ah, excellent, excellent. Um, so, I mean, get as much root mass as you can, but you won't—you probably can't dig more than six hundred down anyway. So, yep. but they transplant well, so you shouldn't have any problem. Now, Towards sorry. Towards the end of autumn. No, I'd be doing it before... Like, I'd do it in um, four weeks' time. Beautiful. Perfect. Hmm.
1: Have yeah. a barbie, invite your mates around, and then give <laughs> them a shovel, William. Invite Sabrina, I reckon. 1300-222-720. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just a quick one from our producer, Molly, that I think the audience will be interested in as well. Hello, Molly. Hey, how you going? Good. Let, tell Sabrina about the Wanaka tree. Yeah, so Sab, I was in New Zealand recently and there's this very mysterious tree that's growing out of a freshwater lake. Mm. Um, It's quite interesting. It's in Wanaka and it's been sort of, I guess, affectionately named hashtag that Wanaka tree. Yeah. Apparently it's one of the most photographed trees in the world and the local legend is that it grew out of a fence
0: post. Well, you know what, Molly? I reckon that legend is true. Now, is that near Lake Hawia? Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Because I worked on a sheep station at Lake Hawia. And I saw that tree, like, many, 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 many years ago. Before (laughs) Before it was was,
1: Insta-famous? Yeah, before it was (laughs) Insta-famous.
0: So, now, what it is, it's actually a willow tree. So, it's one of the weeping willows. And... um, it's so when you cut a piece of willow and you stick it in the ground, it shoots, it regrows. So, um, so how is it surviving underwater? Yeah, uh, now stones. What what happens with willows is that they they are very um, they grow right on the edges of the river, so they will take winter inundation. So, it's not unusual for willow trees to be able to do that. Mm. So, this, the, 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 um, lots of salix, which is its proper name, lots of salix actually grow in water for like six months of the year now this one is salis fragilis so it's one of the weeping willows and it's called fragilis because the branches are really fragile and they just snap off jeez you wouldn't think looking at it surviving in that way yeah you? i know I but, yeah. but the big problem is because now it's such a famous tree because the the lake the lake levels drop so sometimes the tree isn't actually sitting in water but what happens is when the lake levels drop people go out to the tree and they have all their pictures taken under the tree oh. yeah. and it's causing compaction around the tree and people go up to it and because the branches are so fragile it's actually under threat now so oh so botanists are really worried about the the health of the wanaka tree oh. because so many people are actually going up to the tree when they can when they can get there oh, right. so I just
1: admire it from you afar you should have seen the hordes there are about 50 people at least there every really? day yeah oh every time i drove God.
0: past yeah it's constant see i feel great that i saw it before it became famous and you <laughs> could you could but it was too cold for me to get in the water so there's no way i was going up <laughs> to that tree yeah, it's
1: fair enough thank you molly uh let's go to daniel from ocean reef good morning daniel
0: yeah, good morning, ladies. How are you? Yeah, good, good Daniel. Good. Um, last weekend's paper, you had some native ground covers, and I was just wondering where I could get some in this Perth. Um, yep, they are certainly definitely available because I got them off a plant list that uh, the nurseries have. So the wholesale nurseries are doing them. If you go to any Australian native nursery... So nurseries that specialise in natives, you will get them from there. But also if you go to your local nursery, because the wholesalers are growing them, then they your na- the local nursery will be able to order them in for you. Jolly good.
1: Let's go to Lionel. He's in Stuart Hill. Good morning, Lionel.
0: Morning. Hello, uh, Sabrina. Hello, Lionel. Um, uh, I just, uh, I've got a thornless breakfast. Bra- blackberry i've put in a couple of years yeah now it seems to be doing well It's in a sheltered position it's produced lots of growth but what little fruit uh just didn't set and really develop properly at all i thought i've given mm. it a reasonable um variety of fertilizer but it it's got plenty of growth but it's not enough fruit uh, for my way of thinking Okay, so that might be—is—is is it in the ground, Lionel, or is it uh, no? It's in actually a pot? in the pot. Okay, I think the problem there is you need to feed him up a bit more. Right. So, even though it's producing lots of growth, it's, it's fairly yeah, vigorous. Yeah, but not—you don't want to give it nitrogen.
1: What no. you want to do
0: is you want to give it um, potassium and all the other bits and pieces. So, yep. Yep. so um, you can use a liquid fertilizer that's not. N- not a seaweed solution but a fertiliser yep. and a mineralized based fertiliser. It's a granular fertiliser. Yep. So yep. Um, even though blackberries are tough as old boots and will grow in anything, yeah. if you want them to fruit, you do need a drop in temperature um, between the daytime and the nighttime temperatures, which I don't think we've had this year. So that could, you know, that could also be a problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it could be a climatic thing or uh, a mineral deficiency. Right. Okay. I'll, so, I'll work on that again. Give it yeah, one more year.
1: Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> Lionel. Thank you, Lionel. 1,300-222-720 or send us a text on zero four 720 I've got a photo that's come up. Oh. Um. Uh, it's... Doesn't uh, it's uh, from Ian
0: from Cottesloe who says, "Good morning. Can I take a cutting from this shrub now?" And it's a, it's the one that looks like um, a prawn, like a cooked prawn. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know. That prawn plant, it is, that's actually what they call it. They call it, it's a justicia um, and they call it a prawn plant because that looks like you've just popped a prawn on the barbie and cooked him up nice and red. And so, um, Ian, yes, you can take cuttings from your prawn plant. Um, take the, you need three nodes, so you need a long cutting, usually about 20 centimetres long. Good time of the year to do it now. Take it from almost near the top growth but uh, cut all the – take the prawns off.
1: Cut the prawns off and then stick the sticks in a, in a seed-raising mix. Very good. Uh, a few texts coming in. Uh, Leone from Australin has asked, how do I propagate my huge philodendron celium? Is that how you say it? Cellium? Yeah, yeah, saloom. Saloom, thank you. Yep. Okay. Um, well, you, just, you, get a, you either get
0: a bread knife or I like to use a tomahawk myself personally <laughs> uh, and you just slice a bit off. And then you bung that into potting mix
1: and away she goes. Very good. Uh, Carolyn's in Bindoon. She lives on a farm north of Bindoon, I should say. And she wants to know how to eradicate African love grass. Oh my God. On a large scale. Yes. Oh my God. African love grass
0: is the most hated grass, I think, on the planet. It is virtually. <laughs> So, with the African lovegrass, it's all about timing. Now, uh, Carolyn, if you go on to the Ag Department website on uh, pastoral weeds or agricultural weeds, you will be you'll see about fifty thousand different things for the African lovegrass uh, because you need to spray. It doesn't react at all to glyphosate so don't even bother doing that now i'm not sure if fuselade works on it um but it's about when it emerges one of the most effective methods they've found is to actually burn it but um you've got to be very careful doing that but mm. carolyn go on the ag department website and have a look at african lovegrass it'll tell you
1: when's the best time to and what herbicide to put on it. Oh, as a kid, I used to love running around in it. I was so uh, allergic, but I thought oh. they felt like feather dusters. <laughs> And everyone's like get out of it. Get out of it. <laughs> it would have been funnier if she'd been on the front lawn yelling get uh, out of the African love grass. Yeah. I don't I don't I didn't know what it was. You at the wanton time. child. Oh, that's right. Uh it is just after 9:30 you're listening to Roots and Shoots with Christine Layton and Sabrina Hahn. Uh, Sab let's do your song request. Well, why week. not? Yeah. I I think a little bit of Kitta Alexander. I like the I love new talent. Yeah?
0: Yeah. She's got a beautiful voice. So I thought we'd play hmm
1: Go my own way. Here it is on ABC Radio Perth. Give us a call 1300 222 720. Sabrina's song choice, Kidda Alexander, My Own Way. Um, you're very good at picking music, Sabrina, that I have never heard before and she's ah. Australian pop singer, songwriter, guitarist and apparently this is her third extended play. Um, she peaked in the top 60 in the ARIA singles chart and that one's from 2017. So well, yeah. you
0: know, I might be getting old but I like to just, I I, I love music because that's the only way I ever do housework. Oh, is it? have to have it cranked up really high um, <laughs> (laughs) Uh, so that I I can pretend I'm somewhere else and not not mopping the floor. So um,
1: (laughs) I like your technique. I like your technique. Um, Trevor from Medina. uh, Medina, sorry, has been waiting patiently on the line. Good morning, Trevor. Good morning. Hit us with your question.
0: Uh, I've got lemon trees and orange trees and mandarin trees out the back, but the the lemons and the... uh oranges are bursting you've got plenty of fruit there but they're they're bursting when they're when they're still green yeah i know i've had uh, a bit of that problem as well so um now what's happened is that we've had inundation of rain and uh so the so the the outside of the fruit the skin has already developed into the sides that it's going to be according to how much rainfall it had in the very early days then we had a couple of downpours so the so it's you know come up the the fruits taken in the water and it's split so there's absolutely nothing you can do about it trevor Okay, well, uh, I've, been, I've only just purchased the house in mid-January. Right. And they've been horribly neglected over the uh, last okay. five, ten years. Yeah. I've been giving them uh, approximately 30 to 40 litres of water a day. Yeah, Each Yep. Tree. yep. And uh, so I haven't helped the situation. Well, the thing is the fruit that's there was developed almost mm, mm, at least eight months ago. So, uh, so you, you may have added to the problem, but um, the next year's fruiting will be much better. Oh,
1: that's good. Uh, Glenn is in Parkerville. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. I've got an apple tree,
0: probably twenty or more years old, and it has red apples, and there's ballers in the uh, fruit. Okay, so. Uh, there's going to be uh, caterpillars, probably. So, when you cut the fruit open, does it have like a little tunneling? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So unfortunately, Glynn, the little buggers have got in there in the early stages and now it's probably a bit late to do anything about it. But you can spray your apple tree with a bacteria spray. So there's two different bacteria sprays you can get specifically for caterpillars. Um, so, if you go to your local nursery and ask them for a caterpillar-specific spray, they'll give you the right stuff. Thank you very much. Now I've got dye pill. Is that any good? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, good. so it's spray. Oh, use that. that. Um, anyway, thank you very much. For okay, that. no worries, Glenn.
1: Thanks, Glenn. Thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty. Alicia is in Swan View. Uh, good morning, Alicia. Good morning, guys. How are you going? Yeah, good.
0: Hey, um, I'm embarrassed to say, because I have done a couple of, um, well, Sert in horticulture and a couple of bits and pieces, I am failing at growing veggies from seed. Aww. I get them up so far, and they only ever get to about two centimeters. Like, the, the only crop this summer I've managed to grow from seed that I haven't given up and gone to... Uh, the garden stores and got um, seedlings for is beans. Oh. <laughs> um, Alicia, so what am I doing wrong? Am I trying to grow it in too small plants? Am I not putting the right um, uh, seed raising mix in, or what would you suggest to grow? So, the do they actually germinate anyway? or not? Um, probably only about fifty percent dead. Okay, so now. Use the seed-raising mix that you've been using before, but what I want you to do is sprinkle vermiculite rather than seed-raising mix. Just sprinkle vermiculite. Now, don't water with a watering can. Get a spray bottle and spray the top. Okay. So I think what's happening is you're probably putting too much water on. Death yes, by love. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alicia. No worries. <laughs> Try that,
1: Alicia. Try okay. that one. Uh, Steve has got a question about a desert road, Sabrina. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Sabrina. Um, I've got uh, it's gone to seed and it looks like big helicopter blades. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I would like to, and there's about 24 of them on a little plant. Wow. I, I would like to know how to propagate them and what okay. I, all right, so first of all, Steve, you've got to go and buy yourself a pair of stockings. <laughs> um. But you didn't see that coming, but it's what the doctor ordered. <laughs> or find a woman that wears stockings still. I don't think people wear stockings anymore, do they? Uh, tights, do they? tights and leggings. Oh, I think some people do. Yeah, yeah okay. I say, yeah. So, um... Because those helicopter seeds, Steve, they they split like a bean really and the, the seed inside is like little parachutes. But you cannot harvest the seed until the seed is fully mature. So that's why you put a little stocking over it uh, so that it splits when the seed's ready to come out get seed raising mix sow them and then cover them cover the seed very lightly with vermiculite and then don't water it spray it like i, I said for Alicia in swanview yep um, and get get it with a get a seed raising tray that's got a lid on it so you can keep it nice and warm all right yeah and you'll have to do it you'll have to do it once the seeds ripe do it straight away And also, when should I repot it because it's starting to get too big for the pot it's in? They don't mind being root-bound, but uh, you'll need to do that before it cools down. So you'll need to do that in the next four weeks.
1: What are the three most unexpected domestic items that you use in gardening, Sabrina? Are stockings commonly used? Yeah.
0: Yeah? Well, traditionally, they were used to tie things up to a stake but mm. now they've got rubber ties. Um,
1: I actually use a tomahawk a lot. You, do, um, you love your tomahawk. I, 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 I remember being a listener, hearing you talk about it <laughs> from Albany. yeah. And yeah. a bread knife, a bread knife. Oh, It's right. so
0: handy in the garden. In what way? Wow, well, you can use that when your tomahawk's perhaps a little <laughs> bit too big and vicious. You downsize to a bread knife, Christine. <laughs> <laughs> Bicarb Every gardener has a packet of bicarb soda
1: in their in their gardening tool kit. Yeah, good tips, Kathy. Mm. Is in Gosnells and she's got a question about a young avocado tree. Good morning, Kathy. Oh
0: hi. Uh, it's uh, it, it's uh, still a pretty big tree though. Yeah. And uh, it's the canopy is sparse right out. And um, it's all uh, looking very thin and um, it's gone brown, got yeah. brown bits on the outside. Now, um, she said she, it's my friend, uh, and she said she didn't water it much. Oh. And so we're wondering if it's water stress. She said nothing else unusual happened and she put mu- mushroom compost on, but she's been do- getting it from the same supplier for so, yeah. um, for some years and nothing else seemed to be unusual. So we're hoping it wasn't dieback, but what do you think? Mm, if it's dieback, it'll have whole branches that start to die back, Kathy. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you'll get uh, spotting on the leaf as well, not just the edges. If, the, oh, it's, okay. if it's the edges and the tips of the leaves that are going brown, I doubt yes. that's dieback, that's lack right. of water. Ah, oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So they've started putting lots of water on. Oh, good. <laughs>
1: Okay. Yep. So that should solve the problem, Kathy. And anything's better than dieback. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. On the text line, uh, Adam here, we want to move a three-year-old mango tree, confident in moving it, wondering if they transplant well or we're better off buying a new plant.
0: No, no, they transplant really well. And in fact, a mango tree, you can prune it really hard. So as long as temperatures are not above 30, you can actually move it and you're better off moving the mango
1: well. When it's warm, you have to do it before winter. Okay. Um, Nick has said, Sabrina, I'm hacking away at a very large diosma with blunt hedge choppers. <laughs> Any tips on the best easiest way to sharpen tools? Ah. Now, um, hedge, hedge trimmers you get, you need,
0: this is another thing that you need, you need um, a thin file for hedge trimmers to sharpen those Good tools will have, will you will be able to pull them apart so that you can sharp them, sharpen them. Get a really good sharpening stone. Now, they they're very expensive, but you will have it for your entire life. So get a, a wet stone. So that's one of the stones that you actually put water on and you sharpen your tools with that. Or if you can't be bothered with that, there's lots of guys around that actually uh, come and sharpen your tools, so it's usually about ten bucks per tool, and you they'll they'll come and do all your tools in one go. Jolly good.
1: Reggie's in Wembley. Good morning, Reggie. Good morning. What's morning, your, Reggie. What's your question for Sabrina? Uh, yeah, so we moved into a new property.
0: Uh, we've got a lot of vegetables in our in our gardens, so not in pots. So uh, we planted them as seedlings. Um, they seem to have grown really well, and I was, I was very happy but the plants that actually grow seem to not get too big like i've got like min- mini onions mini tomatoes and uh, small potatoes they seem to like get to a certain size and not grow beyond that uh, okay okay That's reggie yeah. that is a nutrient deficiency for sure so okay you need to either change your fertiliser regime or get a fertiliser that's got all the minerals in it because having just MPK is not enough for veggies. So you need need lots of minerals for
1: veggies to grow and you can also liquid fertilise on top of that. Very good, uh, Leon uh, Lee from Burragoon on the text line. Any tips for removing old rose bushes and planting new ones now? Uh, yeah, so
0: arm yourself uh, because roses have thorns, and when you when you when you're digging them out, they will attack you. Oh, they do. They're vicious things. <laughs> so I would prune the rose bushes right down to a stump first in your armoured gloves Um, and then you've got to replenish the soil. So go and get some clay in particular, especially around Burragoon. So get some clay and get some compost and get a wetting agent and reinvigorate the soil with that. And then you can plant in straight away.
1: My brother and I were renting a house in Yokine um, a few years ago and the lovely neighbours next door, who I think had been living there for a good maybe 20, 30 years, uh, came and taught us how to prune the roses in winter and I loved it I became quite obsessed with deadheading and and all the rest of it uh and I and I've got a few scars actually from from doing it as a beginner because I didn't realize that you you can't just have those really flimsy gloves that you buy I know you know on the side of the rack you gotta you gotta go like full elbow gear
0: yep you certainly do Christine Mm. and many people learn that the hard way (laughs) so I I've got long I've got I only use leather gloves when I'm pruning roses oh. and they have long, like, canvas things that go above your elbow because yeah. that's what you need. You just need, you just go in there and you go, rightio, give it to me, boys. <laughs> I'm telling you now, I'm covered.
1: Yeah, it's nice to have peace of mind <laughs> instead of living in fear. Hello, mm. Jane in Busselton. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. That's How good. are you? Good. That's good. Um, I'm thinking about, I know that you hate citrus. Uh,
0: I'm thinking no, about, I love citrus. Um, I don't oh, understand love, oh, why people I mean. have so many, tr- so many problems oh, okay. growing it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we used to live in Perth, and we had a Valencia mm-hmm. orange tree in our garden. And it was, yeah. amazing, well, I think it was a very old one, but it was an amazing, and we li- really loved it. And we're thinking about putting one in down here, but we can't seem to source one. Now, Valencias are a bit hard to get hold of these days because, of course, Mm -hmm. they're not the rock stars of oranges anymore. But um, you can get them. You can get uh, there's a couple of different varieties, but you'll have to go, you may have to order them in, Jane. But I've seen them in hardware stores, Valencias. They usually don't release Valencias until usually in summer because they're the, you know, the summer fruiting ones. Uh, But they're definitely around, Jane. You just have to, you'll have to go to your nursery and order one in. Yeah, yeah, well, I have done that, but, you know, you know how long. You might have to do a trip to the city. Oh, God. Um, We're not that but, bad, I um, promise, Jane. We can. I know. I'm coming <laughs> with time, but uh, we, we didn't want a tree before that. Last time I went, there's uh, a fantastic is, fruit we, nursery. There's one on Welshpool Road and another one oh. in the Swan Valley, and they specialise in fruit trees. And I know the one in the Swan Valley definitely has Valencia's.
1: Very good. Thank you for the call, Jane. Let's go to Travis in Bunbury. Has got creeping oxalis in the lawn. Hello, Travis.
0: Uh, good morning, girls. How are you going? Good.
1: Yeah, good, Travis.
0: That's the way. Now, yes, I've got a, um, a hybrid cooch. I think it uh, might be wintergreen or Windsor green. Yeah. Um, and over the last uh, year or so, what I believe is creeping oxalis is starting to run rampant. Yeah. And I can't seem to find anything that will knock it on the head. No. Uh, creeping oxalis, one of the hardest things to kill. And yeah, the quite. best. the best thing, Travis is to dig it up. Mm. You get a little, you know, the little thin hand trail and dig deep and then pull up as much as you can. After a certain amount of time, you'll actually get on top of it. The other thing that people use is sulfate of ammonia. Mm-hmm. They, they sprinkle it onto the oxalis when it's damp and yep. it burns the leaf tissue. So you could try that as well. Of, of ammonia. Mm. I have tried Bindi. Um, no, none of that stuff's going to work. No, I've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, if I'm digging it up and um, that's obviously going to pull a bit of the lawn out as well and create. Uh, gaps, you know, create holes in the lawn. So Well just cover cover the where you dig those little bits up, just mm. cover it with a soil and then the grass will the grass is more aggressive than the oxalis okay. and the grass will cover it.
1: All right. No worries. Okey-dokey. Uh, I'll attend to attack that. Thanks very much. Beautiful. Thanks, Travis. Sounding a bit perkier towards the end. That's hard yeah. news to take when you know you've got to I dig know. it out with a tiny hand So, Some uh, com- confirmation on the text line from Tracy. Mothers of high school girls usually uh, have lots of stockings. I have at least 50 uh, old ones. Of course. We'll gladly, That's share, right. Because you'd never know which one's got the hole in it, yeah, as I, I recall know. from high school. I know. Um, sad to hear someone getting rid of old roses, says Rosalind. I know. In That's That's a, that's a nice Another good point. Um, I'm but sure the, there'd be you know, first parents out there for them. Oh,
0: for sure. I mean, you can dig roses up and leave them out on the front verge and they usually go. But the other problem is people you know, people, if that's not their style of garden, or they don't know how to look after roses, the roses will eventually die anyway. Mm. So, um, but you just, if you've got plants and you don't want, if you leave them out in your front verge, someone will come and get them. Yeah, or
1: put them on the buy nothing pages. I love buy nothing. (laughs) Um, I love my community. So many kind people out there. Yeah. Um, And somebody will take them. Yeah, absolutely. Please may I be considered, I'm sure is the wording they'd use in the group. Uh, Let's go to Jean in Wannery Hello, Jean.
0: Oh, hello. Um, um, Sabrina, I've got a very vigorous... Um, oh, I've forgotten now. Jasmine. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, it's growing over an arch, but it's thatching underneath. There's quite a big thatching underneath. Should I cut it right back and let it regrow? Definitely, Jean. Yes. So the thing with jasmine, you can prune it back to about 20 centimetres high. Right. And it'll reshoot. Lovely. So
1: hook in, Jean. Righto. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Peter's in Shelley. Hello, Peter. Hello there. I've got a very sick hibiscus plant and I'm not sure whether to take it out or... Uh, someone said to me it's like a cottony white on it. Someone said it was a mealy bug yeah, or something. Yeah,
0: cot- cottony cushion scale, probably. So is it oh, okay. thick? Is it thick all over it? The cottony uh, cushion the temp- scale?
1: Yes, mainly on the on the bud parts, you know, the stems. Or, ah, okay. Or, uh,
0: prune it off. Yeah. Yep. Get your green like waste that. bin. Prune it off. Then spray it with a, an oil based spray. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be fine. Oh, because oh, I've heard talks of uh, is it canker or confer or something? No, or, um... no.
1: No good. Or oh, these pills you put in the
0: soil, apparently. Ah, oh, those ones, yeah, but they kill bees. Because what happens is oh, that's, that's a systemic insecticide, so it goes into the pollen of the plant and the flower and the stem and the leaves and the root system. And then when the bees go to the flower to collect the pollen, it kills them. Oh, dear. Okay. So don't right. use so those I, tablets. Um all right, so we'll just cut it off and put some oil on there. Yeah, so cut all it off, bin it, and then spray the... And you can prune it quite hard, Peter.
1: I'm going to throw myself under the bus with this one. Helen from Osman Park's <laughs> on the line. Uh, she's transplanting A, and this is how it's been written on the screen, Tipuwanu Tipu. Very good, Christine. Oh, <laughs> woohoo! I can go home. Nailed it. Four minutes early. <laughs> Tell us, Helen, what's happening? Good morning. Um, We're just needing to transplant this tree. It's about three metres high and I'm wondering what we need to do, when we need to do it and how we need to do it, please.
0: Okay, so the best time, if you can leave it until winter, that's the best time. Can you leave it till winter?
1: Yes, we can. Yeah.
0: Okay, beautiful. Leave it till winter. Prune 50% off it. Okay. and then dig it up now they have a really extensive root system but don't worry about that get as much okay. root as you possibly can put it in a prepared hole that's had you know compost and a bit of poo and all that sort of jazz uh and
1: it won't even know it's been moved great all right thanks sabrina my pleasure helen very good uh, darlene is in kalgoorlie possibly kilometers away from you where you are now sabrina yeah. question about carnalilies? lilies is that right darlene Canna. 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 Ah, Yeah. Didn't get that one. That's okay. (laughs) You got the hardest one though, Christine. (laughs) (laughs) It's not about me. Tell us your problem, (laughs) Um, I've
0: got, like, I've got about 35 different coloured lilies. Yeah. Now, what they're doing is the leaf is like curling, really curling, and um, the leaves aren't opening. Mm. And how you've got the clear leaf, it's like all little specks inside it, like there's something wrong with them. Oh, so they've got a fungal disease probably. So is it Calla or canna? canna? Canna. Oh, Canna. Ah, well, that's no problems. What you do is you just go along and chop it all down to ground level, Pauline, because it's got a fungal disease, dig up the rhizomes, let them roll them in sulfur and then replant them. Oh, okay. Simple as that, mind you. You've got 30 of them, so it may not be that simple. <laughs> but um, I know they're, you know, they've, they've, some are flowering, but uh, I'd say it's a fungal disease. So if you cut all the foliage off, get rid of the foliage, dig up the rhizome, roll them in sulphur, replant
1: them, they'll be fine. All right. One more call. Stephanie from Wembley Downs, you've got about 20 seconds. Oh, hello, Sabrina. Hello, Steph.
0: I've got little grey moths everywhere in my garden and they're driving me mad. Yep, and they're laying eggs, and the eggs turn into caterpillars and they eat everything. Oh, so. Really? That's the bad news, Steph. So you need to be quite uh, vigilant with getting a bacteria spray specifically for caterpillars. Wherever you see those little moths, they are laying eggs and they will hatch into caterpillars. So you've got to get
1: out there with the bacteria spray. Very good. Uh, Sabrina, let's get one more on the text line. Del, what's the best mulch for citrus? Uh, Lupin, lucerne or pea. Very good. Without a doubt. Sabrina, really appreciate you joining us from the Kalgoorlie studios today. What are your plans for the weekend? Uh, Well, I'm flying back tonight, then I'll fly to Sydney early tomorrow morning. All right. Enjoy your trip, and we'll see you again (laughs) next week. Okay, bye. Sabrina Hahn. Uh, Coming up next is Sports Talk. Uh, And the guys are talking uh, about round one, Uh, the AFL footy returns this week. So that's going to be on really soon. Thanks for all your calls and texts. See you next week. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.